Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number three of Genesis chapter three, and we're going to be reading the first five verses. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which Jehovah God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Well, in our last study, we were looking at the word subtle. In verse 1, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which Jehovah God had made. And we saw how that word, 6175 in the Hebrew of Strong's Concordance, is also translated as prudent and is associated with someone who possesses or understands knowledge, hidden knowledge. And that's why the fallen angel, Lucifer, Satan, chose the serpent, the creature that God made more subtle than any of the beasts of the field. Even early on, it had a reputation for wisdom. This is a wise creature. And wisdom or prudence really identifies with someone or something, in this case, some creature who possesses understanding and knowledge. And the problem that Eve thought she had was that she did not know about evil. She thought that was something that she should know about as the temptation went on and as the serpent presented the knowledge that was involved with that tree that God placed off limits, the tree that God said, thou shall not eat of it, the tree with the mysterious name of the knowledge of good and evil. The serpent came in a hostile way, although Eve wasn't aware of that. He came with all subtlety to deceive and beguile and to make her interested in that tree and what God was holding back from her, what God was preventing her from knowing through experience, understanding, through just simply eating of the tree. As he said to her, um, God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as Elohim, as God, or gods, it's properly translated, knowing good 
and evil. All you have to do is eat. That's it. You know where the tree is. And the scripture goes on in verse 6 to tell us that the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise. So she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And now she would experience evil and evil is simply disobeying God. That's all it was. That is the knowledge of evil. Nothing tremendous, nothing uh, great, nothing good. Did Eve come to some sort of enjoyment? There, there might have been some sinful pleasure as she approached the tree. You know, there is always excitement uh, when doing wrong. Uh, there's um, a feeling you get, oh, that this is out of the normal, out of the ordinary. Normally, we don't get that excited or eager about doing right and good. But concerning doing that which is bad, yes, there's, there's a thrill. There's a, an excitement as she approached the tree and took of the fruit. Well, she had already said that God had commanded you shall not touch it, lest ye die. You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. She said, lest ye die. Now, she was just developing what God's commandment a little further. God said you will not eat of it. And, of course, if you're not going to eat of it, you should not touch it. And Adam more than likely stressed to her that we should not touch that tree. We should not touch the fruit of that tree. We don't want anything to do with that tree. So it's a good idea that uh, if you're not going to do something, you do not handle it. Uh, you know, that this is the mistake, the weakness that many people have when it comes to certain sins. They know, well, uh, the Bible tells me and God tells me I should not do this and I will not do that. And yet they go all around it. For all intents and purposes, they're, they're touching it. They're handling the sin. They're, uh, trying to get as close to the sin as they possibly can without committing the sin. And it really reveals their deep desire to do the sin. It, it, it's not a wrong understanding at all that if, if I'm not to eat of that tree, and God has commanded me not to eat of that tree. I better not touch that tree. I better not touch that fruit. I better uh, get as far away from that tree as I can and leave it alone. Not see how close I can get without eating. Not see if I can touch it without eating. No, it's not that much of a mistake. It's not a mistake at all to realize that I don't want to eat it and I don't even want to touch it. But now there she was, and Satan had just spoken a few words, just brought up a couple of things. You know, that's one thing that really stands out. Here is the first recorded sin in the Bible. And prior to this time, Adam and Eve, 
mankind, that's all there was, there wasn't anybody else, these two people did right, they did good. And all of mankind was in the loins of Adam. So we are there with him in a real way. He is our figurehead, but we are all within Adam. We are descendants of Adam and Eve. We were represented in the garden by our father, physically, Adam. And for a short period of time, they did well. They did good. They went about their business. They enjoyed communion and relationship with God. Very intimate, close relationship. They they tended to the garden and so forth. They were enjoying great blessings of God everywhere. Although it's only when you lose blessings that you tend to realize they were blessings. But these uh, these people, Adam and Eve, did not have a sin tainted mind. They they may have, through the experience of the blessings, been thanking God every minute of the day. Oh, thank you, God, for this fruit of this other tree and that other tree. And, and thank you for the warm temperature. And thank you for this beautiful creature that has just walked past me. And thank you for the lovely songs of the birds flying in the air. And it could have been because that that would be a good thing for man to do, to give proper due to God for being creator of such a beautiful creation and and so they were they were going along in perfect bliss there was no wrong no no curse upon the creation there there was nothing askew nothing out of place everything was perfect and then one day the serpent shows up or satan the fallen angel in the form of the serpent that is he indwelled the serpent. It was the actual creature God had created called a serpent who was more subtle than any beast of the field. And it's Satan's plan that, that he has hatched. He has sinned already. It, and he has fallen. And much depends on the success of his plan. If he fails... Then certainly, uh, he has sinned and, and, uh, it, it very likely God would have just simply destroyed him and, and destroyed all the fallen angels at that time. And of course it is God's plan to destroy Satan and all the fallen angels, but God allowed these things, these events to occur and, and put off the evil spirit, Satan's destruction until the very time of the end. But Satan comes and has the plan that he no doubt developed and devised as he witnessed the creation of man made in the image of God to deceive them concerning that tree, the tree that God set up and established as a testing ground for mankind. And Satan saw opportunity through the law, the commandment that God placed on that tree. The only law 
that were at well, there, there was the commandment of positive command. You may eat freely of all the other trees. And, and that's, that's a positive thing. But the negative command, thou shall not eat of this tree was only placed on that one tree. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul is writing under the inspiration of God, and God moves Paul to write as though he were man, or as though he were the one in the beginning, and he was in the loins of Adam, just as we were. Uh, And it says in Romans 7, beginning in verse 7, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. Now here is where Paul is speaking as though he were Adam, the man, in the beginning without the law. There was a short time where where Adam was created and God had not yet given the law concerning the tree. I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, thou shalt not eat of this tree, sin revived and I die. Now what Paul means or what God means through Paul is that God placed the commandment on the tree and this gave opportunity for sin because you need a law in order for there to be sin. Sin is the transgression of the law according to 1 John. 1 John 3 In verse 4, whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law for sin. This is the definition of sin. For sin is the transgression of the law. Alright, well what if there is no law? Well, if there is no law, then there cannot be sin because you need a law in order to transgress the law. To illustrate it in a way that we can picture, you need someone to say, this is my land, and place a boundary about it, maybe a fence, and put up a sign, no trespassing. And then if uh, a wanderer, a sojourner comes along, climbs over the fence, and onto that property, he has transgressed. But... If a traveling man is walking down the road and let's say that same property where the fence was and the sign was, no trespassing, doesn't have the sign, doesn't have the fence, and the man walking down the road walks right across it. He has not transgressed a boundary. The law is established, it's set up by God as the ancient landmarks. Here you may reside within or you may come up to this point. You may not go over. You may not step beyond. If you go beyond the law, what the law says, 
thou shalt not kill and you kill or uh, thou shalt not steal and you steal or thou shalt not eat of that one tree and you eat of the tree, you have gone beyond the landmark and transgressed the law and committed sin. And we know the wages of sin is death. And, and, and so through the giving of the law, as it says, the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Because through the law, there could be the breaking of the law and that's sin and that brings death. And then it says in Romans 7 verse 10, and the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Now, this is interesting because it says sin took occasion by the commandment and deceived me, and by it slew me. And, and again, Paul is speaking as though he's Adam. Because, again, he was, and you were, and I were, we were all in the loins of Adam, we were all alive without the law once, and yet through the commandment, sin revived, we died, sin took occasion by the commandment, and deceived me, and slew me, and yet it was Satan who took occasion by the commandment and deceived Eve and then Adam fell along with his wife and it slew mankind as death entered into the world. Satan is completely identified with sin as he, the Bible tells us, is a liar from the beginning and the father of it. And it's the lie that killed mankind. So he's also called a murderer from the beginning. And murder and lies are sin. Uh, he, he is the father of sin. And so here he's uh, even likened to sin itself. Sin took occasion by the commandment, deceive me and by it slew me. And that's what we have here with the serpent coming who is more subtle than any beast of the field. He's coming as though he's wise. He, he is full of knowledge and understanding. He knows all about this tree and he knows the solution. Here's the answer. He's speaking to Eve, not Adam, not Adam, but to the woman. And this is the pattern that will be established all through history as the Garden of Eden, where Satan assaults, where he enters in to come against the woman, is a type and a figure of the outward representation of the kingdom of God. And Satan, the serpent, will repeat the pattern when Israel is the outward representation of the kingdom of God. And the serpent will repeat the pattern when the church is cast in the role of the woman. And the corporate church, the New Testament church, is the outward representation of God's kingdom on earth. He comes, and it's always the same manner. 
in the way he comes. It's concerning the word of God, concerning questioning the word of God, using guile and deceit and just trickery to confound and confuse the woman. He comes against the woman and the woman is deceived. We also mentioned in our last study how the elect could be deceived as Satan comes at the end of time with such deception that even the elect would be deceived if it were possible. But God implies it's not possible. And that's because the elect have been born again and have been made new creatures, receiving a new resurrected soul, and are now given the great benefit and blessing of hearing their shepherd's voice. They they now are begotten by truth, as truth has made them free, setting them free from the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. They've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son, and they've been given ears to hear the voice of Christ. They've been given the ability to hear truth, which is something new for fallen man. They, they're given the ability to hear, to discern, and understand truth, and to recognize the voice of their master, the voice of their Lord, the voice of the good shepherd, and also, given something new, since man's fallen to sin, as God says in John 10 and verse 4, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers." And we can understand that as the voice of truth and the voice of lies. And since man's fallen to sin, man has not been able to make that kind of distinction and actually has been prone and by nature has been geared to follow the stranger, to follow the voice of the lie. Going all the way back to Eve who now is presented. This is the temptation that is before her. She has the voice of God on one hand, saying, Thou shalt not eat or you'll die. And the voice of this stranger that's come to her in the form of a serpent, who's a creature, and a creature like herself, even a lesser creature than she is, because she is a creature made in the image and likeness of God, And the serpent wasn't made in God's image. And so she has the voice of the creator that has issued forth a commandment concerning the tree. You will not eat of it or you die. And now she hears the voice of this stranger. This is the first time the serpent has made an appearance. And and as far as we know, it's the first time he's come to Eve. Maybe she's seen the serpent around in the garden when it wasn't indwelt by this fallen angel. But now he has come speaking and he's come as a stranger and she is hearing contrary things. She's hearing the serpent 
say something that goes against, that is completely contradictory to what she heard by the word of God concerning that tree. Uh, as she told the serpent that ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. That is a, a flat out contradiction. There, there are two opposing statements and ideas and results. One, you eat and you die. And the other says, no, you eat and you will not die. And, and then the serpent goes on to say, not only will you not die, your eyes will be open. You'll be as Elohim. You'll know good and evil. And uh, he makes it sound wonderful. He makes it sound like like the best thing ever. The best thing ever if you eat of the tree. Completely opposed in opposition to what God has said. And this is before the woman. What do I do? Well, you know, one thing that stands out that we we notice right away is that the serpent did not have to work very hard at all in order to deceive the woman. He he did not have to throw her on the ground and grab her arm and pull it behind her back and start twisting it. Uh, he, he didn't have to go into long, elaborate additional explanations and and she did not continue to put up defense or or resist on the points that he had said it wasn't days and days and days that the serpent came he didn't come over a prolonged period of time it wasn't even hours that he came and and she's resisting oh it's getting more difficult and and weakening and weakening and and uh, in this struggle uh, of which way to go, of who to obey, God the Creator or this stranger, the serpent. And, and we do not see that kind of resistance at all. As a matter of fact, it, it's stunning how easily, how quickly she went from knowing what God had said and and remembering what God had said to giving in to submitting to what this serpent was saying she went from taking the word of this almighty creator that she had a proper and right understanding of because she had had no sin clouding her mind in any way she knew this almighty God had spoken concerning the tree, and here comes this, this creature, this creature, yes, it's a wise serpent, wiser than other creatures, but it's a creature. It's a creature not even on her level, as she and Adam were created to rule and have dominion over all the creatures. And, and she listens to the serpent. And, well, well, that doesn't speak well for mankind. That doesn't speak well for mankind at all. But we'll have to get more into this in our next Bible study. 
Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.